town, crazy town. So we're all just trying to make it in this crazy town, in this crazy world of ours, isn't it? I mean, we're uh, continuing our series, Crazy, and today what I want to talk about is how to make it when things do go crazy. And I bet uh, today for some of you, some of you have issues, uh, problems, some of you have some really crazy things going on, things you can't solve, you can't fix. You know, some of you came in here this morning, and my guess is your stomach's kind of in a knot, and um, you're uh, just struggling. You're worried, you're afraid. Um, Fact is, you're if you were to define your life, you would say, it's a little bit crazy right now. The fact is, some of you, when the music started this morning, and you started singing and worshiping, as your thoughts kind of began to focus on God, I bet your heart changed a little bit. You know, for instance, uh, we opened with the song Glorious Day, and it says, you, you called my name. And I ran out of that grave, out of the darkness, into your glorious day. And my bet is, as you sang that, something happened inside you. You started thinking, there's hope. That God has the power to deal with that dark situation, that struggle in your life, that God can deliver you from that. You know, Paul was in prison when he he wrote these words. He says, I can do all things, you know, I can go through whatever through Christ who strengthens me. And friends, thoughts like that, when they enter your mind, when you, when you worship, you know, when thoughts like that are ignited inside of you, something comes to life, doesn't it? You know, when you're, when you're worshiping, I think you begin to realize that the, the God who delivered uh, Daniel from the lion's den, the, the God that delivered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from the fire is more than capable of delivering you from your situation. The deliverance is possible. I mean, it might not be today. It might not be tomorrow. But there's hope, isn't there? I mean, when you worship, something happens inside you. Your, your heart is filled with joy and, and hopefulness. You know, when you worship, I think you are grateful for what you have, for what God's done in your life. You find a, a confidence and a hope because you're reminded God is able. God is able. You know, Jesus said it this way. He says, humanly speaking, it's impossible. But with God, what's it say? Everything's possible. Everything's possible. Everything is possible. I mean, when you, when you refuse to worship, when you resist God, there's something else that happens in life. I will tell you, you will become anxious. You will worry uh, about tomorrow Fear and negativity will begin to rule in your life. You'll start envying people for what they have and what you don't have. You, you will find that gratitude is just choked out. You'll start focusing on yourself. You'll become very judgmental. You, you'll get discouraged. In fact, just the slightest 
thing that happens, you will feel defeated and set back. You'll find yourself struggling just to make it because you're living in a crazy place in your life. There's a psalm that was written by uh, Aesop. He's one of the psalmists, Psalm 73. And it kind of gives a very clear picture of the power of worship in life. You know, he's reflecting on the chaos that he's living in. He's seeing all these people that are dismissing God, and it appears they're prospering. And so the psalmist complains. I mean, he's, he's ranting and raving. And he goes for 14 verses. He's just, he's just mad. Now, I don't have time to read through all that and dig into it, but I'd encourage you. It's a good read to read the entire chapter. But here's a little sample. It says, For I envied the proud when I saw them prosper. Despite their wickedness, they seem to live such painless lives. Their bodies are so healthy and strong. They don't have troubles like other people. They're not plagued with problems like any, everyone else. I mean, can you feel the tension in that? I will tell you that is a toxic mentality when it sets in. You ever, you ever struggle like that? I mean, if you don't reel it back in, it's, it's like a runaway train. And so finally, the, the psalmist, he, he realizes he's in trouble. He realizes it's going to kill him if he keeps going. And he, him trying to understand all the craziness that's going on around him. And he realizes that his, his unhappiness has just about driven him to the brink. And so we find him, he's very confused. He's discouraged. He's, he's bitter. Definitely unhappy. And then he writes this, he says, but when I thought how to understand this, it seemed to me a wearisome task. He's exhausted. Can't make sense of it. And this to me is kind of the tipping point. He says, until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I perceived their end. Truly, you set them in slippery place. You make them fall to ruins. It wasn't until he entered the sanctuary and started worshiping, even though he didn't feel like worshiping, didn't want to, he he surrenders himself in worship. He starts focusing on God. And that's when things turned around for him. I mean, why is that? Here's the crazy thing. The, the fact is, when we worship, I believe we, we find a new perspective in life. You know, the psalmist says, as I worshiped, I was reminded. I was reminded that the, the, the reality is that it's not just the here and now. That there's something bigger. You know, today's assets, your, the fame that we have, the portfolios are not the final word in life. That's not how it ends. There's more to a person's existence than this life. Everybody is one breath away from giving an account to God for how they live their life. A God who who created everything. A God who's powerful. A a God who's just. And so your perspective, friends, is always, hear this, always changed when you worship God. You know, we live in a crazy world. 
They believe in crazy things, pursuing crazy ideas, living crazy lives. And the fact is, every person is one breath from eternity. You know, that's why this church, why Faith Fellowship is so committed to reaching people who don't have a relationship with God. Because if someone does not have a relationship with God, it is a slippery place. It is a dangerous place, no matter what they've got in their life. Every day I'm reminded of, of that reality and the importance of it. Our world is crazy sometimes, right? You look around and you think, what is going on? But worship will shape how we see things. It changes how you see the world. It changes how you see other people. It changes yourself. You know, do you, do you realize that, that your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers who don't know Jesus Christ, that the people that you love, the people you say you hate, that they're in a slippery place? that they are one heartbeat away from a holy God. Friends, I believe worship changes our perspective. It also changes the condition of our hearts. The fact is it exposes our heart. The psalmist writes, it says, when my soul was embittered, when I was pricked in the heart, I was stupid and ignorant. I was like a brute beast toward you. That's pretty raw, isn't it? I think I've shared this before. A guy I used to play hoops with, uh, he got a puppy. This puppy was a one-year-old bull mastiff, 150 pounds of dog. He, he tried all kinds of ways to kind of contain this dog. And the dog was a brute, which I found funny. Daisy's a brute. But uh, she, she would get excited about stuff, and she would go through anything. Didn't matter. He had a big privacy fence. She took the whole side down on it. She just ran right through it. And then he was like, okay, I got to get a, uh, one of those invisible fences, put the collar on it that beeps, you know, warning you, telling you to slow down. You're going to get shocked. Daisy just run faster. And he turned it up as high as it would go. Guess what? She still broke through the fence. One day, she broke through the fence, ran into the street, got hit by a car. They end up at the vet. Lots of stitches. Big bill. Got home the next day. Guess what Daisy did? Same thing. (laughs) The the dog was stupid, okay? (laughs) Only a dog, right? I don't know about that. The psalmist says, I was stupid like that. I let my mind and my heart violate all God's boundaries. You know, I gave in to to envy and bitterness and self-righteousness. I was like a stupid beast, he says. But then I started worshiping. And when I worshiped, I began to realize I do not want to live like this anymore. See, worship helped the psalmist realize that he was on a very destructive path in life. See, in worship, I think you also realize you're not alone. Some of you may feel alone today. 
But the psalmist, he's having this conversation with God. He's talking to God. He says this. He says, nonetheless, I'm continually with you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. You know, you hold my right hand. You know, I'm not alone. You're beside me. You, you guide me with your counsel. You know, you keep me from making really stupid mistakes in my life. And after you will receive me with honor, whom have I in heaven but you? And there's nothing on earth that I desire more than you. See, the psalmist, he understands what he needs. He, he's worshiping. He realizes he doesn't need anything in this crazy world of his except he needed God. And he needed what God wanted to give him, whatever it would be. He says, my flesh and my heart may fail. In other words, he's saying, my body may fail. Things may not go my way. I may struggle in life. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. God, God's all I need to make it. Those who are far from you will perish. You will put an end to those who are false to you. He's saying, God, I get it. I get it. It is really clear to me now that there, there's more to life than what you usually see. It says, but for me, it is good to be near to God. I've made the Lord God my refuge to tell of all your works. The psalmist finds, finds shelter here. It finds a, a safe place in the midst of the chaos and the craziness that's going on. And you can almost hear the psalmist saying, you know, if I hadn't gone into the sanctuary, if I hadn't worshipped, if I hadn't realized the presence of God in my life, if I hadn't realized that God is actually for me in my life, I would have lost it. But I worshipped. And in worship, there's power. Worship, friends, is a choice that you make in life. And I will tell you that worship is life-changing. But you got to make the decision. And here's the crazy thing, and I, I don't know about you, but sometimes I actually have to argue myself into worshiping God. Otherwise, I'll travel down the very same road that the psalmist traveled. You know, in Paul's letter to the church in Corinth, he writes, we capture every thought and make it give up and obey Christ. You know, Paul, Paul's a very wise psychologist. Paul understands that the flow of our, our thoughts, our, our feelings, our perceptions, they actually guide our life. It will determine the road that we take. Our behavior comes from that kind of flow, what you think. It's why Paul's so devoted to, to being a lifelong, all the time, always about worship, because he wanted to be saturated with the goodness of God and the presence of God. We live in a crazy world, yes? It's crazy sometimes. And there is a good chance you will encounter crazy this week. You know, something will happen, and you'll, you'll have to argue yourself into worship. You'll have to convince yourself that you need to worship. And the fact is, 
that you've got to you've got to attack this stuff and capture it and overcome it. You know, for instance, some of you will get hurt this week, and when that happens, well, where's your mind go if someone hurts you? Because our our tendency is I I try to convince myself how bad they are. I I focus on their flaws if they've hurt me. I I start uh, revving the revenge engine. I don't think I'm alone here, am I? Acts 16, Paul and Silas are preaching in Philippi. There's a servant girl that's a fortune teller. And she has an evil spirit. And they heal her of that evil spirit. Now, you would think that people would be like celebrating and high-fiving and going, yeah. But the, the guy that was exploiting her was really upset. She was a moneymaker for him. And he wasn't going to be able to make money anymore. She has no value to him anymore. And so he incites the crowd and they riot. Crazy town, man. Big time. Paul and Silas get arrested. They're stripped naked. They're beaten, thrown in prison. They're put in chains. A a jailer is ordered to, to guard over them. Now, let me ask you something. How would you respond in that situation? You're you're trying to serve God. You're you're sacrificing, giving of yourself. You you just did something really good to help someone, and things go crazy. You get attacked by a crowd and a con man. You end up arrested on trumped-up charges. You're beaten, thrown in prison, What's going through your mind right now? Not a good thing, probably. But it says about midnight, Paul and Silas, see, this is what they're doing. We're praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Paul and Silas, they're beaten, they're bloody, they're imprisoned but they're praying. They're singing hymns to God. They're worshiping. It says, suddenly there was a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prisoners' doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. Friends, you see this over and over and over again in Scripture, and it has been my observation. It has been my experience. Worship is associated with a great outpouring of God's power in your life. You know, the the jailer, he freaks out. He assumes that Paul and Silas have escaped, and he knows that he'll be blamed. And if he's blamed, guess what? It's a death sentence for him. He's ready to kill himself. Paul doesn't say to him, that'll teach you to mess with us, dude. (laughs) No. That's not his response at all. Because Paul's been praying. He's been worshiping. And his heart is is tender and compassionate. You know, worship will do that to you. It'll make you extend grace. And that's what Paul does. 
he, he welcomes this man who's beaten him, who, who's imprisoned him. He wants him to be a brother in Jesus Christ with him. Friends, when you get hurt, when we all do, will you take every thought captive and make it bow to Jesus Christ? Will you do that? Will you worship? You know, will you worship God in, in spite of the situation and, and go to God and ask God for help in the midst of it? You have to decide right now. Don't wait till it happens. Otherwise, you'll go with your instincts, your tendencies that are natural. See, some of you may face some disappointment this week. The Old Testament uh, prophet Habakkuk, he's facing just some crushing disappointment. And it says, it says this, even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, you get the picture here? Remember, this is agricultural time. That's how people survived. Habakkuk's looking around at all the destruction. Things are in ruin. It's crazy. And he is overwhelmed. And friends, when you get overwhelmed, self-pity is the tendency here. Hopelessness is the tendency But he says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer able to tread upon the heights. You know, the Lord's my strength. There's no harvest. There's no herds. No financial assets. There's no power in life. None of that stuff provides peace and joy and hope. And so Habakkuk starts worshiping, and he finds what only God can provide. He says, he makes me as sure-footed as a deer, able to tread upon the heights. See, disappointment comes into life. People will let you down. Financial markets, man, they're all over the place. You know, careers go south. What are you going to do in those times? And I understand that there's a time to grieve the losses in life. You know, the writer of Ecclesiastes says there's a time, a season to mourn. But I will tell you, through those times, you need to worship. I mean, Habakkuk is written for you. You know, I, I would personalize the, the verse and say, even though the, the markets fluctuate, even though I'm unemployed, even though I'm, I'm divorced, you know, even though I'm battling illness in my life, even though I'm in crazy town, even though I'm just trying to make it and it's really getting hard, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. God is my strength. Friends, when you make that decision to worship, I will tell you it screams that there is no situation in life that is going to separate you from God. And friends, when you're disappointed, the question is, will you worship? One more real quick. When you're afraid, you may be tempted to give up. You may uh, look for the easy way out. A lot of times we want to escape whatever it is that we're having to face. But friends, when we enter the sanctuary of God and we worship, it changes everything. 
you know, Jehoshaphat. Uh, he's king of Judah. He's at war. And the enemies are closing in on him. He is totally outgunned. He's afraid. He's seeking God. He asks the nation to, to fast and to pray. And here we go again. Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground. And all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before the Lord. Worship. The next day, they they gather. They're going to face their enemies. And Jehoshaphat reminds everyone to have faith, to trust God. God has promised them victory. In fact, God says, you don't have to do anything. I will provide victory. And so Jehoshaphat uh, appoints the worshipers to lead the battle. In other words, the front line, they're to sing. They're singing praises to, to God. It says this, give thanks to the Lord, for his love endures forever. As they began to sing and praise the Lord, the Lord set ambush against the men of Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir, who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. In the midst of the opposition, in the midst of the fear, the anxiety, out on the front line, they're worshiping. They're praising God. They're lifting their voices to God. Friends, when you worship, things look different. When you worship, you realize God is bigger than your problem, than your struggle. And I know some of you are afraid. Some of you are overwhelmed. Some of you are broken or hurt. Maybe you're disillusioned today. But here's the question. Will you worship? Will you? Because here's the deal. Worship comes first. Then comes transformation. When, When things get crazy, and they will, when things start pressing in on you, and when, when they st- start pressuring you, worship always wins. Worship is an act of faith. It's a statement of trust in a holy God. It is understanding God is bigger than anything you face. Anything you face. So, we'll close. We do this once in a while. If, if you have some, maybe you're discouraged, maybe you're hurt, maybe a lot of anxiety or fear, you know, maybe there's some struggle you're going through or some obstacle and you go, I, I absolutely do not know how I'm going to get through that. I just want you to stand so I can pray for you. And may, maybe, you're th- maybe there's someone that you go, they're not here, but I want to stand. You can stand for them and they're whatever it is, whatever it is. I just want to pray for you. I'd ask all those that remain seated, pray, pray with me for, the, for these individuals. Our holy God, God, I, I just ask that uh, that God, you'd hear their cry. That God, you would uh, let them know that you're by their side. Not only are you by them, but you're for them. 
God, there are things that seem impossible, but we know with you all things are possible. And I pray your Holy Spirit would just whisper that, remind us that. God, it's so easy to give in to the anxieties and all the craziness. But God, we trust you today. We trust you with these situations. God, we thank you that you're a God that's paying attention. That you're a powerful God and a holy God and a just God and a loving God. And God, I pray your Holy Spirit would just breathe strength and perspective into each person here. God, we thank you. We thank you for the opportunities ahead. We thank you that we can face the future with confidence. And we give you glory with all we say and do. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. God's people said. So, overwhelmed today, anxious, fearful, disappointed, hurt, afraid, whatever. My best advice. Worship. Worship. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to worship God today.